Hey, it's Brian Hayes. It used to stress me out when things would break in my house. Not anymore, though, and I'm sure you can guess why. Jiffy. The other day, my dryer stopped working. Out of the blue, zero heat. But I didn't panic. I just hopped on the Jiffy app. John came that afternoon, and all my wet laundry was dry in no time. Jiffy saved the day once again. Download the Jiffy app or sign up at JiffyOnDemand.com with the code SPORTS for $25 off your first job. Jiffy, fast and reliable, home maintenance. Go Overdrive off and running, TSN 1050 on the TSN app, your home smart speaker up on TSN 2 all afternoon. Brian Hazy, O'Dog, Jeff O'Neill, Jamie Noodles, McLennan. How are we feeling on a Monday afternoon? <laughs> I'm feeling amazing. Amazing. I you should feel good. amazing. Let's we're go. all happy. We're all healthy. We're all feeling good. The deadline's behind right. us. No worries about that. We all had least... steamers installed in our house and yes. just got out of the steamer. Very, yes. Very. And listen, the <laughs> deadline... It. The Leafs might need to uh, petition the league to see if we can move it back a week so oh. they can pick up another two or three centers, just in I, case. Don't you I, think? I know what case. they're dealing with, but don't you think it would be cool and kind of like with today's world if every team got one you-up option at midnight oh, of the deadline? I like and that. it has to be, like it's, it's, it's got to be a text that says you-up. To another GM, mm-hmm. and it's got to be one last one for one. It's got to be one for one. It can't be about salary, anything else. It's a midnight you up text, and each GM's allowed one, and that's it's an it. after dark. I love it. It's an after it. dark. It basically. is. It's a Jerry's after dark, and you have to. It has to start with the text. It goes to Jerry too. You up? Question mark. Right. From it's Jimmy a- Rutherford. Well, it's From Jimmy other Jimmy Rutherford to Kyle Dubis, you up? Question mark. And you get one last shot, one for one. It's got to be one for one. What I an idea, man! What play. a way to start would, the week. But who would I you get it. out of there? Who's the guy to now? What first and foremost, Doctor Woodbridge has been in our in our uh, text chain oh, breaking geez. things down. I think Ryan O'Reilly would be fine for the playoffs. Again, I'm maybe optimistic. Whatever. Yeah. Fauci from the bridge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dr. <laughs> Fauci over there. But, it, like, all he needs to do is be available. Ryan O'Reilly knows how to play hockey. He know whether he's on left wing or center or anything, I'm not worried about him other than the fact that the length of the injury. Like, that's it. I'm not worried about chemistry and all of that type of stuff. He knows how to play hockey. He's going to be, like, the minute he's available, he'll be fine and settle right in wherever his role is. So that's where I'm not worried about Ryan O'Reilly. But the other guys, like McCabe settling in, guys like that, plug-and-play players, like it's just chemistry. But, you know, I mean, is it ironic that it happens, what, 48 hours or what is it, 24 hours after the deadline? What, yeah, what, how much just time over 24 with? hours later, yeah. you've got Matthews blocking shots. He leads the league in block shots for forwards. He's done that basically all year. And I believe it's he's got 76 or 78 on the season. So – that was a scare, wondering yeah. what's going to happen with this guy. He returned. He's fine. He was on the ice today. He'll play tomorrow in Jersey. Tavares got absolutely crushed, and we will get to that momentarily. But he won't play tomorrow. They're saying he'll play Saturday. I'll believe that when I see it. The O'Reilly injury, though, is is a fact now. He's been placed on long-term IR, and you're right, Noodles. Like That was the key acquisition before the right. deadline of many but O'Reilly finding a role in the top six, even if he is the third-line center, getting a rhythm. He's not a young guy. He's been injured all season. 
Let's not forget that, too. He had injury problems. He had a broken foot, I believe it was, in St. Louis. Right. Now it's a broken finger. Rhythm, is he in shape? Yes, he can skate, but can he lift? You know, there are different elements to being in shape, and there's different elements to being prepared for the playoffs. I believe he'll be back for the playoffs, even though Dr. Fauci from the bridge has broken down. Maybe he could be back. <laughs> None know, of that weeks. is a concern for me. I think he'll be back for the playoffs. And, and I spoke with, with a friend of mine, a doctor today. He said, no problem, 100%. He'll recover. But, you know, who knows with the Leafs and who knows with where this goes from here. But it's a, a, an example of, you know, you're one shot away. You're a block shot away. You're a big hit away. And you got to keep the big boys healthy. But what are you going to do? You yeah. can't bubble wrap, guys. You can. Dude, that's they pro play. sports, though, Hayes. You're seeing it with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, you're a 10-day stretch away. You're an injury away. You're a hot power play, a bad penalty kill, a stupid coaching decision. I, who knows? Everything is, like, right there in front of you and be, can be taken away. It's like wow. if you catch the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Boston Bruins on a 10-day stretch where they're not themselves – you can beat them. Absolutely. On the right. other hand, if they're dialed in, they will kick your ass if you're not paying attention. One injury can pay a price. Like it, the, the, There's all kinds of different factors. As far as the game on Saturday, am I the only one that thought through two periods they looked pretty good, like it was a pretty good hockey game? And then one power play, they got their ass handed to them, and it was game <laughs> that over? That was goofy. Like you Outrageous. Outrageous. Over. Yeah, I don't recall the last time that's happened. But I think what stood out was the physicality of it. Luke Shen with a couple of big hits early. Monster hits. The Myers hit on Tavares was a massive hit. A massive, massive hit. And, you know, John's coming through there. There's three guys closing on him. I think he was more concerned of the back pressure of the guy, you know, directly in front of him. He didn't even see Myers coming. He had no idea. you're, You're right. Not to mention, though is it's not a physical league. He wasn't afraid to go to the middle of the ice there because exactly. he's like, I'm not going to get hit. Like Mitch Marner scored that overtime goal. Keandre Miller could have killed him. He reached in and tried to stick check him. I think mm. the mindset of half these guys is like, I can go there. Nobody's going to hit me. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? You don't get hit, so I'll, you, you can try anything. Well, That's I, half the problem. And you catch one guy with a bit of a snot on, he's going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to demolish you right now. And that's what happened. It was a yeah. massive, and I'm massive sure that I'm sure the cronies are going to be like the guy on the van coming out of a coffin when they're physical and they lose a game. They're going to say that's what you guys wanted. The IT my test, you got physicality, but you got a loss, and now you got problems. Well, you know that hey. gif. You know where the guy pops out of the coffin on the yeah, truck the and he starts dancing. No, no, this guy is doing a rap oh, video. Yeah. I'm going to get about. Joe from the bridge to get this to come in from our next segment. He's on a car driving, filming a rap video, and he pops out of a coffin <laughs> and starts dancing. I want that, and I want it coming into the next segment. Uh, either yeah, way, you're right. it doesn't, if, it, if Pierre Engvall played on Saturday, they win 5-4. I mean, everyone understands yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Spark the Islanders played 17 minutes the other night. I, well, they had him riding shotgun with Matt Martin. Like, you should have seen the size of him. Pierre, Pierre Engvall was skating around like he was 20 feet tall because he was mm-hmm. playing with Matt Martin. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched that game intently. He actually looked he looked decent. Like, he looks like he, he does. He's a good He's player. He's like, an NHL player. He's a good yeah, regular absolutely. season player. But that game on Saturday, <laughs> a couple things for me to unpack. Like, that's what a, a number one star goaltender looks like in Thatcher Demko. Like, mm-hmm. that guy's a player. Like, he hasn't had a great season coming back off injury. You know, 
if he plays just average, it looks different too. He made some big saves. Like I thought, Cam- the other guy looked like a number one goalie too for two periods. Yeah, he did. He for did. two I periods, thought, anyway. I thought he looked solid. I, I mean, it's it's one power play away from something different. You know that that's really what it was. And I don't really care too much about it. Is uh, the, the thing is is getting these guys at at the deadline like Lafferty and and Achari that didn't like. Those aren't like guys that got 25 goals. They're no, just exactly. hardworking, you know, guys who play hard and play physical. Like, I, I, I think it's more about your top players. It always will be about your top players. And that game got a little bit gritty. And, you know, I don't well, know. Well, they, they have to show that they're comfortable with that, right? The, the big guys, the Matthews, the Marners, the Willies, the Tavares, when stuff happens, they have to be – prepared to play through it all that doesn't mean sure. change who you are doesn't mean you fight like listen when Myers laid out Tavares Willie was there it was McCabe who came in over the top rope right yeah. but Willie wasn't going to drop their gloves no. and no one expects that and no one expects Austin to take on a completely different complexion but what you have to be is comfortable playing through that and playing in that type of environment because if your guys are going to play a little bit bigger the opposition is going to play a little bit bigger there might be a little bit less space. You got to find it, and you still got to operate. And that's the nature of being a superstar and a, and a highly talented, highly skilled player. When the ice shrinks and the intensity and the physicality picks up, and this is nothing. What you saw on Saturday pales in comparison to what you'll see game one of the playoffs and what right. you see throughout the playoffs. This is still the regular season against Vancouver. Vancouver is not, you know, the seventy-five Flyers here, right? Like it's it's not yeah. like they're some big bad bruising team that no one wants uh, to. Hey, dance but they with. came out today, Hazy, and said. They like the culture they're starting to build under Rick Tockett. Yeah. As in, you mean guys are trying now? Great stuff. Well, wow. that'll be typical of Vancouver. They'll win 10 in a row down the stretch, play themselves out of a Bedard sweepstakes, and it'll be completely meaningless. No, I, I just found that I found the headline to be pretty rich. It was, it was a TSN tweet, and it was like, Vancouver's liking the culture they're building. I was thinking to myself... What what did you do? Do you started to try or well, pay attention me, or yeah, what that's the hell? Flashbacks you- because th- this is what you get when you lose every year. Vancouver is going through what Toronto went through for a long time, where you try to find a silver lining at the end of the year that you can apply to next season. Oh yeah, well, just and it wait doesn't till work. next year. It doesn't happen though, right? Hey, they won eight of the last ten. That means that they can do this next year. No, it's the not. Carryover. It, there's yeah. no carryover. It's a good finish. Good for you. Everyone do their thing. But, you know, credit to Rick Tockett because he's trying to push some buttons. And he did say before the game, hey, this has got to be our type of playoff game. Like, there's self-awareness out there. They know they're done. They're yeah. not making the playoffs. So mm-hmm. you got to trigger some sort of a response. And credit to Vancouver. Credit to Demko on, on Saturday. You know, they, yeah. they played well. They were up for a fight. They went out and got two points. And yeah. the Leafs are 2-2 two and two now on this trip. They're in Jersey tomorrow. O'Reilly won't play. Tavares won't play. They're 1-2 since the deadline. They were awful in Edmonton, pretty good to very good in Calgary, and they were good in Vancouver, and then it got away from them. Well, so, you know what? What they can do, Hazy, when they get to New Jersey, did they practice in Vancouver today? No, they're in Jersey. Jersey. They're in Jersey. What they can do is prove me wrong. Because going into Jersey, and Jersey was just out west themselves. They played in Arizona the other night. Mm-hmm. But this game here, and Noodles knows this better than anyone, this game here reeks of a 5-1 ass beating. Okay? A 5-1 loss because you flew, you're kind of down, 
and Jersey's high flying, and it's generally a five-one loss because guys want to get home and they're just sick and tired and blah blah blah. So they can prove me wrong. They got guys injured, the travel, everything, but a real good quality team with some stones. Mm-hmm. They go into that building and they, they they figure out a way to win that. They at least game. compete for sure, and it's a good yeah. game and a close game. I, I agree it's not five one. A good team that be. has some stones will find a way to make wow. it close and give themselves a chance to win in the third. And and they're you know they've got guys that can deliver. Like you, you're still going to have Austin Matthews who's healthy and Mitch Marner who's healthy and William Nylander who's healthy mm-hmm. and. You know, to me, a guy like Michael Bunting's got a lot to prove. Like, I, I don't think he's had a nice stretch here, this, you know, whatsoever. Been pushed around the lineup a little bit. I think he realizes, like, hey, I've got to play a certain way if I want to be, you know, near the top of that roster. Like, there's guys that, that are still battling in this internal competition for ice time. You know, and, and what is it? Sheldon came out the other day and said, I like Kerfoot's be- game better than Bunting. That's like, what, let's exa- see how this pretty much exactly what he said. When asked, right. why is Kerfoot moving up and Bunting down? He said, Kerfoot's better than him right now. And right. I think that's accurate. I think there's a few things that need to get through to Bunting, and it's got to get through to his teammates uh, as well. Because I, I saw something the other night. I think it was the Edmonton game. And I made a note of it, but there was so much going on we didn't get to it. it towards the end of the game, Bunting – gets hauled down and he's getting up and he's he's looking at the ref and everything's woe is me I can't get a call now and I noticed Matthews and Marner got in on that and it looked to me like they were yelling at the ref and if that's the case he's got to cut that out and they got to smarten up because you can't get dragged into that too like why aren't you giving my guy a penalty here we're getting screwed over it he's got to cut it out like he's got to stop talking to the refs he's got to stop listening to the refs looking at the refs Pull a page out of the Darcy Tucker handbook. Darcy Tucker had some antics once in a while, but 98% of his anger was directed at the opposition, not exactly. the refs. So cut the crap with the refs and the, and, the, and the goofing around and just go out there. And Darcy Tucker wanted to just like crunch a guy in the corner. He'll fight a guy if he needed to. He'd score a big goal. There was no yelling. Obviously, he did it. He got a little bit of the Pat Quinn through him and into the refs, but for the most part, <laughs> the, the the anger was directed at the opposition. Yes, that right. should be yeah. step number one. It's a very simple step as well. And that's the beauty of a physical sport. Even if you're pissed at the ref, you can take it out on a different guy. Dude, sure. it's so and hard the other to play. Guy it's is like, so what hard did I do? to play in that league. Like, there's so many things. You you got to be physically and mentally ready. You got to go through tape and 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 know your assignments and this and that. The ref. Although he's a he's he's a big part of the game because he's calling and not calling penalties, he can't be a factor in the way you play. Like right. it's just it's 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 so hard to play in the league. You can't let that crap out. And that's you. what I was saying. I was I I saw Matthews and Marner react. I'm like, you can't. And that's on those two. You can't get dragged into his stuff with the refs. There's right. no call. You don't start sticking up for him. Like, let him deal with that, or he just knocks it off. Period. Star players, though, there's an art to it where they got to be in the ref's ear a little bit because they kind of take notice, and you might get a call. But they were get, it was in Edmonton. They were losing yeah. back. It's like, go do something else. Then you just got to be quiet. And go, go do something yeah. else. You know what? That you know, it night, just, it's not just worth eat, it. You're right. Just eat it that night, but, you know, go live to fight another day. Like, why burn a bridge with that particular ref when you might see him – Two weeks from now, two months from now, at a critical time, like mm-hmm. just pick your battles. And on, like I just I look at the whole package. It's going to take a, a bit of time to sort it out. But 
you know, you, you've got time, but you don't. You're in a stretch run here. Just because all the moves were made, you, do, you know, I, for me, it, it put them on the level of the teams that you're battling with. But those teams that you're battling with, they're good teams too. They're going to play you hard. and, well, and Yeah, know? no, I agree with you, Noodles. But you look at what's going on in Tampa right now. People are trying to figure out what's up with them because yeah. that top line's getting benched. Yesterday, like they got destroyed by Carolina, okay, yeah. destroyed. They're what oh four and one in the last five. Point being is they'll snap out of it too. But everyone outside of Boston, who beat New York again over the weekend, everyone's got ebbs and flows. Yeah, you know, there's still a lot of games left. And you're right in terms of the assessment. I think that's what made last week so exciting. Is now you can kind of compare and contrast and, and move pieces around and like where the Leafs are compared to the other big five teams in the East. Um, but you got to stay healthy, and you know, as we said earlier this hour, that if you're if you're Evan and the other team's flowing, like anything can happen at any given time. And yeah. Tampa will deal with this; they'll overcome it, and they're not too concerned about it because it's still March. It's not the middle well, of April. I, I I don't know if you guys follow Mark Lazarus uh, from from Chicago. He had an interesting tweet yesterday, or like a thread about Chicago, and they're kind of like lulls during the season when they were you know winning cups and kind of like you know the 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 cream of the crop and it, it had a quotes from patrick sharp and jonathan tay saying like we just there were nights where we we're like nah you know it, it's hard for them to get up for it when you've right. played so much meaningful hockey and i thought it was really interesting and and you know at the end he was like don't sleep on tampa these guys know how to turn it on and i said well oh, obviously yeah. like it's not you know, you're not I mean, when you're looking at them playing, first and foremost, I told you guys this the other day. I saw Carolina live. They're a serious team. Oh, yeah. Like they, are, they are a hell of a team. Really, really well coached. Freddie Anderson looks like he wants to play net again. Hey, and, 14 saves. He, that's okay. You, yeah. you, know, you only get 14 <laughs> shots on net, man. You could strap them up again, Noodles. Well, they'd still, still score six on me at that point. But well, it'd be a tight right, game. Like, you get a point. Yeah, this true. track record, how could you trust the next two months of what he is about? Like, yeah. how, how can you trust it? I think what they're doing is exactly what the Leafs are doing, is they're comfortable with their goaltending situation. Uh, Carolina has three goalies that have played, have ten wins or more. So I always butcher the kid's name, the cocky jab or whatever his name is. <laughs> he scored a goal in the in the minors the other day and went yeah. nuts. I was so happy for him. But he's you know he's a good young goaltender. And then you got Ranta and Anderson. Same thing here. If you've got a healthy Matt Murray, healthy Samsonov, and then you've got Joseph Wall in the three position or whoever you know, um, uh, what's it? Eng- Shogren. Shalgren, sorry, yeah, Shalgren. I don't think I think he's played himself out of it. I think I, I, that Wall kid is your but is your number three. Is your three? But the point being is they they believe in the three pack there. I think mm-hmm. Carolina believes that one of them will get it done. For Who them. cares about a three you pack? You get past two, maybe even if you get to two, you're probably screwed anyway. Well, Agreed. it comes. We were doing the you know on Friday during the trade deadline, we were talking about Canada versus the U.S. and the goaltending disparity, and that's what it is. But ultimately, only one guy can play. Like it doesn't matter if you have the three greatest goalies of all time. Two of them aren't playing, so it doesn't matter. You know, right. only one guy can play. All you need is the one guy to either be good on your side or bad on the other. Something to chew on is brought to you by Boston Pizza, Canada's favorite sports bar. The push to the playoffs is here, and BP's elite lineup of pizza, wings, and ice cold beer is always dialed in for game time. Hustle into your local BP tonight and try our new four cheese ravioli bites, a game-changing appy that's here for a limited time only. And we're asking this afternoon, and you can find the poll on 
Twitter at Overdrive 1050. If Matt Murray's 100% healthy and ready to go, will he start game one? Not should he, but will Keefe and company say you're the guy? And I'm, yeah, I'm conflicted on this because I heard the guys in the morning, this morning, Carlo and AK were both adamant that they believe that will be the case. Like, Carlo was almost flabbergasted to suggest that Samsonov would be the starter, even if Murray is the number one. And their case was that that's why Dubas got him. He's got the pedigree. He's got the two cups. Um, and it's a compelling case, and I, I think they're probably onto something. But I think when it comes to Murray, it's been so difficult to evaluate him because it's all been about, is he healthy? Like, when do you move on from, okay, he's healthy, to evaluating if he's playing well? You know what I'm saying? Like, when do you, yeah. when do you move on to that next stage? Because it's just been a constant theme all year. Well, I keep coming back to one word, guys. It's trust. Like, do you trust that? Because he got into a groove and was playing pretty good hockey there for a while, and then all of a sudden he's not available. And it wasn't, like, not available, like, hey, you know, we're going to sit him out. Like, the Tavares, not available. Like, you know, on the ice kind of, but we'll see if he can play this weekend. Something's weird about that. Well, I agree. we got to get into that later. But Mm -hmm. point being, with Matt Murray... (laughs) It's all of a sudden he was, like, gone and then on LTIR and then, like, that extended forever. So I just – that's the hardest part is trusting that that player will be available to you for a long stretch of time where, you know, I, I know injuries happening ha- happen every day, but this seems to be – he's got the worst set of luck going on you know, the last couple of years. Yeah, and that's I, – I think it's impossible. We've – been down this road so many times yeah. i mean to fully trust. i agree with that tweet i don't know which one of those two said in the morning but if he's healthy and somewhat in form he'll be the starter for game one yeah you think that's always been the plan like when they acquired him and feels well, that way obviously because of the ticket obviously and, the and the same thing with freddie anderson who the hell knows where they're going to be at come playoff time that's the major factor in the equation well yeah exactly that's why this is purely hypothetical because it's impossible to know and, and the truth is, with his track record, this is just a fact. He may say he's ready and get to pregame and then say he's not. You know, like right. that's happened multiple times this year. It happened when he was in Pittsburgh. Like that's going to be, whew, that's going to be dicey, man. Like that game one, game day skate, he's going. Like you got to wait to see him in the net. But once he plays, like Doodles, you've been adamant about this for a year, well before he got here. If he is healthy and playing, he can play. Yeah, he's he a good play. goalie. Like, Absolutely, there's no, but there's it's no everything else you it. concern yourself with. And and I was sad a little bit at the deadline when we talked about it because you want to take five minutes to explain, you know, but I keep coming back to the word trust. Like, was there an upgrade out there for the Leafs to grab? No, there wasn't. But do you grab insurance just in case that Matt Murray is not available. It's the chicken or the egg. Kyle Dubas is saying, there's no upgrade on Matt Murray, so why would I grab somebody? And what I'm saying is, can you 100% trust that he's available to you when you need him most in the playoffs or in the in the stretch or, you know, mm-hmm. first round of the playoffs? I don't know if they believe that or they can trust that. That's the chicken or the they egg. They have to now, right? they yeah, got to force themselves into, into believing it, and that's just where they're at. Uh, Raptors are in Denver tonight playing the Nuggets. The Nuggets are running away with the West. You got Jokic, who's probably on pace for a three-peat MVP. That has not happened in a long time. I believe Larry Bird was the last time that happened in the 80s. And that is causing so much like blowback 
which is totally unfair to Jokic. He's just going out there playing. He doesn't vote. But the fact that Jordan never won three in a row, LeBron never won three in a row, it's like you can't have this guy win. That's not fair. I mean, that's not the way it, it works. The guy, he's a triple-double machine, and when he has a triple-double, they are undefeated this year. And they're running away with the West. Feels like he's well on pace to do it. So Jack will join us. Jack Armstrong from Denver ahead of the game tonight. You can watch it on TSN. So we'll tee that up with Jack. we got Marcellus coming up. He was in Vegas at the UFC fight over the weekend. Get his take on Derek Carter in New Orleans. What's up with Rodgers? There's a lot of NFL news out there. Mark Mathot on the show. The Ottawa Senators remain red hot, man. They're chasing, chasing the playoffs. I don't know if they can make it. And Hazy B, someone that's been reinstated into the National Football League, yes. will tell you yeah. about that cat and what he was up <laughs> yes, to. Yes, we will. Right around our best bets, brought to you by FanDuel. <laughs> we'll Maybe he'll do them up. for us. He might. Yeah. He might be able to Skype in and do those for us. Overdrive is off and running. TSN 1050 and up on TSN 2. Something to chew on is brought to you by Boston Pizza, Canada's favorite sports bar. The push to the playoffs is here, and BP's elite lineup of pizza, wings, and ice-cold beer is always dialed in for game time. Hustle into your local BP tonight and try our new four-cheese ravioli bites, a game-changing appy that's here for a limited time only. All right, Marcellus Wiley will join us here in a moment up on TSN 2. We're watching that uh, video that <laughs> always requested of the guy keep popping up out of the coffin. There they are, the cronies, when the Leafs have toughness and they don't get a win. Watch this guy. There's Jonas right there. (laughs) Jonas is trying to kind of push back against that crony title, though, is he not? Like, I think he's a proponent and a fan of these most recent moves. There's a lot of moves, you know. There's a a lot of turnover here. They're trying to find a rhythm. And um, I don't know. We're going to see. Worlds are going to collide come playoff time because we're going to find out a lot about this Maple Leaf team. We're going to find out a lot about Tampa, too. Like, it's Leafs-Tampa. That's coming. Well, Tampa's you think the Leafs, Hayes, they kind of got the best of both worlds, don't they? Yeah, they A ton should. of skill, a ton of guys that have the puck a lot that get shots on net. And that's what I kind of find weird about the, the cronies and, and keeping track and tracking analytics. It's like if Austin Matthews dominates a game – and then somebody wants to pop up and say, he led the game in slot shots and inner area slot shots and high da-. No kidding. No kidding yeah. he did. It seems like a lot of low-hanging fruit where it's like, if somebody's ultra-skilled and has the puck all night and carries it out of the zone, into the zone, and you want to fire up a stat that says he's good at the... It's, no kidding. Just watched it. Well, Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I don't think... I- I don't think you need analytics to apply to star players. I think what you do need analytics to apply to is the debate of whether Pierre Engvall and guys like that, like third and fourth liners, guys who are farther down in your lineup where you're Jamie, looking for Jamie, if you can't figure that out in this league, what the hell are you doing with yourself as far as assessing talent and there what are they're people, doing on the ice? But that's the thing. People assessing talent that – like some of them have zero experience in playing the game, so they use the charts to help that that process. They look at it, and go, I'd like to compare player X against player Y, and these numbers suggest this. This number suggests that. So you 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 use those numbers to apply to what you're watching. That's the thing. Like they're the people that have natural instinct because they played the game. You use the numbers to. Back up your instinct. That's it. I'll right. tell you one thing. If I if, if I ever found out that a guy was making an important call on one player or the other, and by looking at a pie chart, fired, goodbye. 
I, that's not happening though. Like no. it, it, there's, it's so much more detail than that, more Way nuance more. than that. There's yeah. more details. I'm willing I, to learn. I'll sit down in a meeting room in a boardroom with MJ. We can set that up. We can set that up for you. We, I, I think we need video in there. I think everyone needs to be mic'd up, and we need analytics for dummies. Okay. And we we uh, need the, you right the in the middle of it all. Noodles, he knows about it. Hayes, yeah, I'll sit with you in a boardroom. They're not scary. And That's Johnny and whoever else can explain <laughs> exactly. it to us so it makes more sense. Sure. Uh, I'll, we'll all try to get there, okay? It's going to be like running the 10K, all right? I might not be you know, winning races necessarily, but I'm leaving you in my dust, dude. I'm a little bit further ahead than you. All right? Oh, you're you going are. Into the, you're going into the Starbucks. You're going to take a leak. You're going to come out, and I'm already at the finish line. All right? That's, I believe, an exact replica of what Dude, happened. I did not go the into 10K. the Starbucks during the race. You're a fraud think, for saying that. I think there was a stop. Sure. Last Wasn't week you stop? say I'm raking putts, and now you're saying I'm going to restaurants during a marathon. Yeah. Well, it was a 10K. Let's not, you know, butter ourselves up too much here. Bring yeah. in Marcellus. All right. Here's former NFL host of the More To It podcast, Marcellus Wiley. What's happening, Marcellus? I'm just listening to you guys like battle for who got last place in the marathon. That's just so Marcellus, it wasn't Marcellus. Let me just tell you, it wasn't good because when we started out, the host Brian grabbed me by the scruff and said, "That car behind us is the end of the marathon, and we have to start moving." <laughs> but let me ask you: If you did 10k right now, would it be just no problem? No, it'd be all problems. Matter of fact, I wouldn't even do it. I did a 5K when I was in better shape and much younger, like let's say seven years ago. I never knew how long it would take to run a Come 5K. On, People were like, dude. no, this is where you start. These are your, like, your training wheels. I'm like, shit, kill me. I'm too big. I'm like 280. Every time I hit the ground, my vertebrae just shake. Like, dude, no more steps. It was hell. Yeah, and I was not lying. Like we were, it was through the streets of Toronto. We were running down the a street called the Bayview Extension. It's Bayview, and literally they're opening it up to traffic as the last guys like move. Like yeah. there's and traffic. there was four people that decided to walk, and then the pace car at the very end. Yes, and you said, "Look back there. If we can't beat that, we are in massive trouble." We're massive trouble. They're picking up traffic oh, cones. Ten feet behind us. I was I was genuinely embarrassed oh, when you yeah. when you made me look back there. It was really disgusting. But you're, you're, you're erasing the funeral service. Like, <laughs> you were the funeral service. Who's getting there first, man? That's, that's how right. I was doing when well, I. Well, that's little did he know the paramedics were watching us closely too. Believe me, they they were concerned, <laughs> as they probably should have been. Um, so you were were you in Vegas on Saturday night? Did you see that live, John Jones? I I did, man. It's crazy because he's my favorite fighter, and I've never been to UFC before. Uh, just random, just never can make it happen. And uh, I'm there in Vegas. I was watching my friend perform, Sebastian Maniscalco, and then I'm sitting there Saturday morning like, the fight's here. Let's do it. So I went there with one of my former teammates. Uh, we're in the building. Tom Brady's right next to us. All these stars. is crazy. But the energy just for John Bones Jones, it's been three years. And to watch him come in the ring 43 pounds heavier than you saw him last time in the ring, an octagon, and it was just fun to watch how many people were forgiving. Like, hey, if you're great, we'll make exceptions to all the other issues you've had and the absence. And he went out there, what, two minutes later, heavyweight champion of the world. 
Yeah, man, he he is something else. Like he he, I'm probably not the guy to make this proclamation, but I know others have. Like he is the goat when it comes to UFC and MMA. This guy has been doing damage forever, and yet all all I could think of was like, what was the grocery bill like in that house growing up? Where <laughs> Arthur went to the NFL, Chandler went to the NFL, and John is a monster in the UFC. Like those three dudes are massive. Like what were they? Uh-oh. What were they eating as teenagers? Yeah. It, it, it's like I thought the same thing. Like the calorie count in that house, which leads to that food tab, is insane. And more than that, you imagine the battles over the last bag of chips. Like, dude, like they're all NFL or like baddest man on the planet. Like three little studs growing up in that house. So I love to just kind of go with like the family studs, like the the Manning family. You can see how great they are. And obviously now you got the Jones family and the Williams sister family. Like some of these families where we always have that argument, nature versus nurture. It's like, dude, I swear nature is winning this one because those kids all came from the same parents and they all made it insane. Were you there for the Jake Gallenhall uh, knockout as well? Were Were you in the background of the Roadhouse movie or anything like that? Like that kind of caught, uh, for me anyways, a lot of people off guard because mm-hmm. I wonder if for at first I think people thought it was real uh, and then you realized <laughs> it was for a movie. I don't know. Were you there when all that was going down? Yeah, you know, I was there, but I can't lie. And this has happened too many times. This is one reason why I stopped going to actual Super Bowls. When you're at home, you get so much more context. You get replays. You get descriptions. When you're there, you're arguing with some guy. I said Bud Light, Bud Light. And meanwhile, you're like watching it, but you're not catching everything. So I saw it and I didn't understand it. It was one of those things. Um, and then, you know, half the time you go to these events now, uh, you see so many people, it feels like a reunion, and people are just yelling and pumped, and you talk, it's almost social half, and then the other half, you're like actually there for the real event. So, in attendance, but not present mentally in that moment, I was ordering drinks. All right, with uh, Marcellus Wiley. So, the NFL news is starting to come in. It sounds like Josh Jacobs, uh, I believe, has been tagged now in, in Vegas. Uh, we're waiting to see what's happened with, with a number of other players league-wide. Tony Pollard's going to get tagged uh, by the Cowboys. And Derek Carr is on his way to New Orleans. So he gets himself a four-year deal. What, what do you make of the Carr news and the ripple effect this could have on Rodgers, Lamar, other quarterbacks in the league? Yeah, the Carr news is interesting because, um, one, New Orleans obviously didn't feel like they had a shot at Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Jets are still holding their breath for Aaron Rodgers. And it just seems like this was the first domino to fall, even though it's not the biggest of the dominoes. It's just like New Orleans had to make a decision. We know what that means for Jameis Winston. Uh, you, you got Jarvis Landry there, and obviously you, know, you got Michael Thomas if he could stay healthy, man. You got some weapons there. Alvin Kamara if he could stay out of jail because he has this off-season issues to deal with. But the point is, this, it's a potent offense if you stir it up properly. And Derek Carr is the king of very good. You know, I, I don't know if he's excellent for a long period of time, but you can't sneeze at him. He's a really talented quarterback that is responsible. I think that's probably something that jumps out. You can rely on him. He's going to be a responsible leader for you at the same time. Hasn't gotten over the hump just yet. But they can maybe mix something up out there. But it's just interesting to see that teams are already starting to strike despite the looming news of Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to be a Packer or not? Marcellus, 
like watching him last year, like did Carr not struggle mightily? You talk about weapons, he had them. He couldn't get the job done. In one press conference, I believe he was crying, which I'm, I'm not going to call a guy out and say that's unacceptable. But how do you just fall in love with that body of work and think it's going to be drastically different on the positive end the following year with a different organization? Yeah, you know, it always starts with the numbers. Um, so I think a lot of times from the outside, we always look at greatness from the top down. Like, okay, let's start with Patrick Mahomes and then... I think evaluators have to look at it differently because those guys don't even count in their mind. They can't acquire them. So then it becomes a numbers game, like how many guys qualify? How many guys can just get you there, maybe even get you over the hump? And that's where you have to start your evaluation. Derek Carr qualifies. Is he Patrick Mahomes? Hell no. Is he in the AFC West with all those quarterbacks anymore? Well, Russell Wilson, we don't know what that was last year, but you talk about being out there with Justin Herbert talking about, man, you don't have Patrick Mahomes. Now he's in the division with quarterbacks. You're like, who are these dudes? So there's a chance that Derek Carr is the best quarterback, at least by resume, he certainly is right now, and the NFC South. And you talk about what can he do? He's done some great things in this league before, and you just hope that you can catch him, breath of fresh air, and it happens here. I'll tell you one thing about NFL inside information, that if you show flashes of greatness at one destination, no matter how it ends, there will always be the ego of a different organization and general manager thinking with a breath of fresh air, they can resurrect you and you can revitalize their organization. It happens every time. Like Guys know that if you messed up your first opportunity but you already were a good player, you're going to have another opportunity to show your worth. So this is his second chance. He's been with the Raiders his entire career. Maybe different offense, different scheme, different set of, of skill set players. Things happen for him. But I'm with you. I'm skeptical, but he still qualifies. With Marcellus Wiley, it, it feels like daily there's a new report out of Green Bay that they're just sick and tired of Rodgers, that they feel like they, that he really screwed them over last year. He got his deal, he got his money, and he checked out. And he, he was no leadership. He wasn't there for OTAs. He wasn't there for mini camps. Threw everyone else under the bus. And I'm curious, based on what you just talked about, I think there's similar logic at play here in terms of talent and what it's worth and what you're willing to put up with. You look at the NFC, there's nobody there from a quarterbacking scenario that really scares you. I mean, Brady's retired now. Okay, you're bringing Derek Carr into New Orleans. That's not going to freak anybody out. So do you think the Packers would look at this situation where all of the elite quarterbacks, or the majority of them are in the AFC, and think, Let's stomach this, bring him back, because there's a real chance at doing damage. Or could you look at it like this is the time to bring in Jordan Love, because even if he's average, that might be a first option is your best option, Mm -hmm. Hazy. Okay. Marcellus, where do you stand on that? Yeah, look, um, it's almost a dating analogy here, where as beautiful as she is and as stunning and how much attention and the good points are good, it's just the day-to-day, the mundane moments. It's, it's almost the preparation is the separation. And they're so fatigued of preparing with Aaron Rodgers because they don't know what Aaron Rodgers they're going to get. And more than that, they're not getting the results they desire. Aaron Rodgers at his best, back-to-back MVPs, et cetera. You know, he's a four-time MVP. They won one Super Bowl, right? And they've been 13-3 for like a couple of years, few years there, and no results. So – now you're really starting to look at it. 
from no matter what angle, is it worth it? Like, and just be be careful who you go to war with, who you go to battle with, because he has the ability to inflate the team, but also deflate the team. I think they've come to the assessment that they play lesser than the sum of his parts because Aaron Rodgers is not leading them. And then you see teams that are not as talented play better because they have someone inflating them. I just, I just look at it like simply, he's a hard cat to be around. And because he's Aaron Rodgers, he knows he can act like that. And when you're above reproach, who wants to be around you, man? I just know I don't like teammates like that. And I played with like six Hall of Famers, but they all had high character and they didn't act like that. But a guy who just comes in the room and sucks all the oxygen out, you're like, okay, it's hard to breathe, but I can deal with it if we get the ultimate goal. But when we're not even that good and you're acting like that, it's time to move on, man. So I would roll the dice on Jordan Love. Get some young talent in their production, and at least you're going to get a spry young leader in him versus a guy who's been there, done that, who seems not impressed by just gathering the guys and making them the best they can be. It just seems like he's over football, even though he's still playing. Marcellus, quickly before we get you out of here, I, I don't know why this guy bugs me, but Danny Dimes bugs me a little bit. And I'm seeing reports <laughs> that he's looking for $45 million I don't know what what's this guy going to make. Like, is he going to get paid that bag of money? I think it's going to be a four. I don't know if it's going to be a four and a five, but it's going to be a four. Yeah, and, oh. and good for him. You know why? Because <clears throat> one, he knows the marketplace. Like, look what we just talked about. Like, Derek Carr is out there getting this type of money, and you're like, ugh, Derek Carr. Well, Marcellus, if you were running the team, wouldn't you say, you know what? We're going to take our we're gonna, as. Um, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole of this is our only option, so we got to pay him. I would never do that in management. Well, it's not that isolated. Like, you forget, and people forget, this guy comes stamped with the approval from the Manning family. This guy comes with a tremendous skill set that we finally saw him with a capable coach kind of show us what he's about, and that's just scratching the surface. Now, if you keep him and Saquon together and they get – acclimated to the system for more than just one year, you got something. See, evaluators love Daniel Jones. I love his skill set. But we're like, what's going on? Where is it? But last year, you saw it. And that's just the beginning. So that's why he's coming out with his chest poked out because he's like, hey, the sky's the limit and I'm going towards it. That's why I think he has the leverage here. They do not want to let him go, get into a situation where guys that are making as much as him, if not more, are not playing well. We don't know what Deshaun Watson is going to do next year. We're assuming great, but we don't know. Derek Carr is getting paid that amount of money. Uh, what's that about? And so there, there are comps. He has leverage in the comps, and I think he's going to get it. And he's in New York. They can't go out there with a suspect quarterback or roll the dice on some no-name and hope. Not when you got Saquon. Not when you have a new coach who looked good his first year. you got to keep things intact and stable. I think he gets some money. Well, there's also another element to this that they declined his fifth-year option, and now he's stuffing it to them. Like that, I think, is at the real crux of this, too. They could have picked up that fifth-year option. They chose not to, and and now he went out and performed, and now he's going to get paid even more, and that's business in the end. Uh, great stuff, Marcellus. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. All right, guys. Take care, brother. Marcellus Wiley from the More To It podcast, former NFLer.
And, yeah, I think, you know, all that comes into play. You're, you're spiteful a little bit. You realize that the organization might have doubted you at some point. Flip side of that is the organization took you sixth overall, I believe, and continues to give you opportunities and new coaches <laughs> and new weapons. But uh, you I don't know how we'll mad see. people were when they drafted him out of Duke. Oh, they were. <laughs> they were furious. <laughs> freaking about Danny Dimes. Freaking. But we'll it's going to be. Them. It's going to be a wild couple weeks, man, in the NFL. He's just got this weird head. Like, he's got a Pooley RV head where he's kind of like, I I don't know what it is about him. He's got Pooley RV head. Pooley RV head is a syndrome that nobody wants. (laughs) And if Danny Dimes has it, and if that's what you're – you know, applying to him, then I can understand why you take issue with that. Wow. I mean, but, big, big mascot head. I get it. Like, these guys should be able to have, have helmets that fit them. I, <laughs> I laughed the other day. Somebody sent me a picture of Luke Shen getting interviewed, and he yeah. had, like, a red line on his forehead. I think it was high and tight, that helmet, dude. <laughs> He's got some poorly RV head, uh, too, going, just, man. They're big guys. They're big like, guys. They're big guys. Uh, Um, All right, we've got Mark Mathot coming up in about uh, 15 minutes. Jack Armstrong still to come later this afternoon. Graham DeLette. Uh, We we figured it'd be a superstar win in the Arnie Palmer. It turns out that that was not how it all played out. He was on the grounds, I think. Yes, he was. He was there calling it, I think, for PGA Tour Radio. So we'll catch up with uh, GD a little bit later this afternoon. And it's the Players Week, right? Players Championship this week. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2. All right, we have a pair of tickets to give away Leafs Hurricanes March 17th. Every day this week, we'll provide the clue to the identity of a current or ex-Maple Leaf player. And on Friday, you'll have a chance to call in and name that Leaf. Today's clue, this former Maple Leaf was a top 10 draft pick. This former Maple Leaf was a top 10 draft pick. All right, these are big games, man. We've been giving away Oilers tickets, Avalanche tickets, now Carolina. Right? That feels like an alumni box type of game. Ooh. For you, go see Carolina and the Leafs play. Dude, that would be something else. I don't think I've ever done that. Might be a bucket list item. Maybe Should I be. take the person with me in the alumni box, Bruce, well, the giveaway up a little bit. Ooh, I, I never, interesting. We've never asked this question. Do you have an alumni coat from Carolina? No, Noodles. I didn't even play the tribute video. You played there 10 years. Like, should Longer. have something. Did you play, you play there 12 years? How many? I don't know, but I didn't even get a – I thought I was going to – I'm not getting – It's 10 so, years, so. I believe. I don't know why Noodles and I know this more than you. Yeah, we, you need a little years. Harvey Two-Face, half Leaf, half Carolina. Road yeah. blue, road red, little Harvey Two-Face from Batman. Dude, we'll send I, you, you in there to be great. think I would do that, a half a jersey like somebody, Travis Kelsey's mom? No, 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 mom. not a jersey. <laughs> An alumni jacket. Alumni coat. Half yes. Leaf alum, half Carolina. I love it. No <laughs> I way. think that would be phenomenal. It, don't get any great. ideas of making one because I'll burn, I'll light it on fire in the We're parking lot. I'll never it. wear that. We're yeah, looking into works. it for March 17th. All right, hour two coming up. Mark Mathot will join us. Leafs back in action tomorrow. What's up with O'Reilly, Tavares, Matt Murray, etc. We'll get into that and more coming up. And the Raptors are back back in action tonight in Denver. We'll start teeing that up. Overdrive continues, TSN 1050 and on TSN 2.